the old adage, you know, if I want it done right, I got to do it myself, which is a terrible thing to think. It's the worst saying to ever put in your brain. But we do it because you know you're the most motivated. You're the most get it done. You'll work all night. You'll do whatever it takes to get it done because it's yours. And what you have to really realize is alone you can go faster, but together you can go further. Hey, and welcome to the Leading with Nice interview series. My name is Matthew Yule, and we want to help you inspire others, build loyalty, and get results. Now, if you listen to the show regularly, you uh, you know I'd like to share with you why I'm having this guest on. Today, we have Richard Walsh, and I was just telling Richard before we began recording, I am a sucker for like just really clear, actionable advice. And, you know, when I was looking at Richard's stuff, if you've read any Patrick Lencioni uh, material, Richard's on par with that level of clarity. If you're not familiar, Patrick Lencioni writes business books, but he writes them in fable format. So not exactly the same, but like it's just he does it in a really simple way. Now, a bit about Richard. We are not talking to a spring chicken. Richard has like over 30 years experience as a business owner. He's also the best-selling author of Escape the Owner Prison. And it talks about how contractors specifically can scale and regain control and get a fast track lane of growth while loving life. And to be honest, uh, a lot of the uh, tips and things Richard talks about in there are actually applicable outside of just the contractor life. He has helped over 10,000 business owners free themselves from their self-imposed shackles to their business and create freedom in their lives to do what they want when they want, and still be massively successful. So if that sounds like something you want, then keep listening. Richard, man, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Matthew. I really appreciate you having me on. Looking forward to this. Uh, also, I just find this interesting because I think you're our first guest from Wisconsin. Hey, that's huge. That's where you're located. And so for those who aren't familiar with like, you know, if they're going to be making a business trip in the near future or traveling, what is some must-do like Wisconsin things like what what should they check out for sure well you got to get some cheese because that's you know that's wisconsin so you gotta gotta try some uh you know cheese curds and some uh some regular good old wisconsin cheese things to check out i mean madison's a great a great city there's so much to do there our state capital but uh it's kind of the fitness center of the midwest actually you know it's Uh kind of a, a leader there so if you're an outdoors person it's a great place to go do things uh so that could be a good place to start and, you know, we've recently had Collective Arts Brewing on our show. They're a, a brewery here in Canada. I remember Laverne and Shirley back in the day, I think they worked in a brewery. Is like craft beer and brewing like a, a big thing still in Wisconsin? Yeah, there's quite a bit of that, of course. You know, you've got everything from Miller Lite, you know, Budweiser, all that stuff, all the way to the, yeah, the craft beer stuff. There's quite a quite a lot of microbreweries. Matter of fact, I have one right well, it's probably four miles from my house and I live in the country, you know, so maybe it's five miles, but yeah, it's uh, it's still big and strong here for sure. That's great. Okay. Well, listen, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm already getting this off topic. Let me get to some of the questions. So, you know, you have this passion to help business owners that really shines through your work. It's like palpable. Can you explain a bit of like where this passion came from and how you ended up dedicating so much of your career to helping other business owners succeed? Yeah, absolutely, Matthew. So 
Again, 30 years in business. So my first 20 years, I created a business. I got out of the Marine Corps. Uh, really wasn't good at working with others. That's why I didn't make a life in the Marine Corps. So I wasn't good at taking direction. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted to go from there, and I created the business, and I created this business moving forward. And things were going great. It was a custom water feature business, what it, what it was. Uh, I'm also a steel sculptor, became a steel sculptor, became world-class, building just world-class exhibits, doing stuff all over the world, over a 1,000 different water features. And it was really awesome, and things were cranking. I was top of my field, making a lot of money. Thought everything was just humming along. I was doing everything myself for the most part, right? So I'd sell, I'd build, I had crews, things like that. Uh, finally got office, some office people and things too, but really kind of hit was just, it was me. You know, everything was kind of on my shoulders and I kind of liked it. You know, I thought that's the way you do business. And about in 2009, 08, 09, when we had our big economic collapse here, my business basically evaporated overnight. Okay, so it was kind of a kind of a big hit. I had a wife, six small children, six kids under the age of four, and uh, just it literally one day I got phone calls. I had a lot of work lined up, over half a million dollars already for the spring, uh, so I was on par for a really good year. And they all just bailed because the economy is just going that way. And not that they were wrong; they were probably very correct in doing that. But that put me in a pretty big lurch, like looking for work. So I kind of limped through that part of 09 and it just wasn't happening so I really kind of everything kind of again collapsed around me lost everything so everything that I thought I was doing so great at seemed to just go away like I said evaporated lost the house lost everything I just I had to restart okay so that's what I did I, I moved from Illinois to Wisconsin left Chicago went to Wisconsin and stuff and started over and I had to I had to figure out Matthew what I did wrong you know, I want to get into business again. I had to start from scratch, which I could do, but I really want to discover what I did wrong. And what I realized was there's a lot of little things that I ignored, you know, and didn't do or didn't put in place that caused this collapse to happen. I always thought I could just make more money. And I always did. Whenever I need money, I made more money. So what happened with that, and then I created some new businesses with the new philosophy in mind, I said, you know what, I'm really good at because I started helping people with their business. So they asked me, well, what'd you go through and how'd you do this? And I said, I'm really, I really enjoy helping people save that, saving them from that misery, right? So I wanted, to, I wanted them not to have to put 10, 15, 20 years into a business and have it all disappear like it did to me. You know, so I, I found all the keys out that, that were missing from, from my journey. And now I help other businesses do that. And I love it because I compress at least 10 years of time in their business building aspect, right? So I take I take them from, you know, doing kind of, I want to do everything, got a death grip on it. Because a lot of guys in my industry, you know, trades and service industry were technicians who became business owners, right? So they know how to work, they know how to do their craft, but they really don't know how to build a business. Mm. And that's when I discovered, like, I can show them how. I can show them the steps. I can take them from zero to a million, a million to five, five to 10, and so on. You know, and, and then that's really why I got into it. Hmm. Now, I, you said something and I had to quickly do some math. So you had four, six kids under four. Yeah. Do those numbers, huh? Yeah. And so <laughs> it was crazy. Did you get one in pairs or what? What, what do you have? To, I got to know now. Yeah, we got a couple. Of, it, I'll give you the quick, the quick long story. Okay. I'll, I'll make it brief. So I have biological twin boys and I have a biological daughter and we have three adopted siblings. Amazing. So one of the one of the adopted is three weeks apart from my biological daughter. Then we have our oldest, and then we have our youngest. Where they're all siblings. So that's how that worked out. Dude, awesome. So boom, in three years we had six kids. Very cool. 
Okay. So, you know, the title of your book, Escape the Owner Prison, why do you think so many business owners fall into this mindset of doing everything themselves in that, uh, your words, the death grip? Because that is such a great way as a business owner myself of describing this difficulty in letting go. Like I often say to Naomi, who uh, is our executive assistant, I often have to say to her like, hey, Naomi, can you please remind me of your accountability so that I stop trying to do your job? So why, why do we get in this mindset? Well, again, like my experience, you know, I'm really great at what I do, right? So there's an ego involved, right? There's some pride there, right? You can do it best. You know, the old adage, you know, if I want it done right, I got to do it myself, which is a terrible thing to think. Mm -hmm. It's the worst saying to ever put in your brain. Okay. You need to let go of that first. If that's something you've ever uttered to yourself, you know, you got, you got some work to do, right? But we do it because we, no one is going to be as passionate you as, as an owner, right? You know, you're the most motivated. You're the most get it done. You'll work all night. You'll do whatever it takes to get it done because it's yours, right? So that's the first key. And what you have to really realize is, yes, it's yours. And here's, here's a great saying that I heard. It's a Chinese proverb. It says, alone you can go faster, but together you can go further. So you have to realize like you really need people to work with you to go further. Mm. But the reason why you're stuck in that because you want to make money. This Let's take it from the beginning. You start a business. Okay, I have to earn income, right? I have a family to feed or whatever the case. So you start doing everything. You start making some money. Okay, I'll hire someone when I make a little more money. And you end up staying on this cycle. Like, oh, I'll just get an account and I'll just drop off a box of receipts. Oh, I'll do this. So you kind of do everything on the minimal level, just enough to kind of keep functioning so you can be out doing your craft and selling, things like that. And you never really get time to realize what you're actually doing. You never get to work on it, as they say, right? You don't get to go up to the 10,000 foot view and say, oh, wow, look where I could go if I had X, Y, and Z working with me, right? So we don't, so we get kind of mired down in the day-to-day tasks and it becomes so burdensome, 12, 14 hours a day, 16 hours a day, that we can't release it because we don't know how and we have to keep going to maintain any momentum. We have this client that we uh, we're big fans of, and uh, Cindy Cindy is the client at this particular uh, organization, and she often will say, "My job is to work on the business, not in the business." And so that kind of that you know a lot of what you've said reminds me of her saying that. So my next question is around that, and when I think about myself personally, I'm putting my perspective out there, and I know a lot of others probably have this as well, and. I know you encourage this, and I know it's the right thing, is to encourage my employees to take more initiative. But this starts with having the right employees, right? Like it's it's having the pieces in place to encourage. So can you just tell me a bit about your take on the hiring process and how a business owner can spot traits like initiative during that hiring process? Like what are you looking for? Like here are the actionable tips that Richard really excels in giving with clarity. So Take it away, Richard. What are some of these things we can do or look for to find these types of employees? Well, I'll tell you, I'd say one of the first things, a lot of people are always looking for skill, okay? And that's not what you need to look for. You do not need to look for particular skills, especially in an administrative or really anywhere. I mean, granted, if you're uh, an installer or a contractor, you need some craftsmen, things, that's one thing. But you're really looking for a character, right? That's where you want to start. 
skills can be trained. You can always train and you should have a great training program in place and everything else in there. We can talk about that also, but you really need to start with character. You know, really need to look at who these people are, you know, and you can look at their past. Resumes are good. They're not super useful because they're kind of fluff and people don't, they're not always overly honest on a resume. So the face-to-face, the phone conversations, things like that, you really want to find out who the person is, you know, kind of get their values because as a company, you should have a company culture, right? You should have values. You should have a mission. You have all this and they have to fit that. They don't have to fit the skills yet. They need to be able to fit within the company culture, and that's very, very important. So if you haven't defined what your company culture is, that's a must, right? You really need to understand what your values are. What's your true mission? Are you there to serve your customers? Are you there just to make money, right? As hard as that is, some people are about the money, and they leave off the customer experience, service, et cetera, et cetera, which then everything trickles down from the top, Matthew. So you want to make sure that... You know, you are solid in your your integrity, your ethics, you know, your value-driven aspects, right? And then you want to find people, you're going to talk to them and see where they stand on those on those positions. And are there any kind of like questions or things you look for? Like if somebody's going to be interviewing somebody tomorrow, what would advice would you give them? Like how would they spot that? You know, two things. First, you know, you're, you're going to want to talk to them about previous work, right, in positions. You know, you can ask them things like, did you ever have a challenging situation? You were presented with a problem that seemed almost unsolvable to you. And were you able to solve that problem? And what did that process look like for you? You know, because so, you want to kind of get in their mind and how they think, right? You can present them with a literal problem, right? You can give them something. If they're coming in, whether it's if they're going to be a carpenter for you or they're going to work up, they're going to be an IT person for you, whatever the case, you know, have some some real world problems that you can present to them and get their response on how they would solve it. And there's no right or wrong answer in that. You can tell them that. You're just looking for their point of view on this and how would you address this, right? So you want to get their thought process, how they actually address a problem and solve a problem. Because some people are truly not problem solvers, right? And they're they're not going to be a benefit to you, most likely, depending on the positions, if they don't have the initiative and the problem-solving skills that you need. You know, their, their mindset should be, I, I attack a problem, I solve the problem, I move on to the next one. Right. You know, you talk about this philosophy of only doing 5% of the work, and uh, that sounds amazing. Can you tell me a bit about that philosophy and like what that looks like and flesh out what's behind that, that idea? You bet. So when I tell people you want to focus on your 5%, what the 5% means is the 5% of things only you can do. Okay. Only you as the owner, you know, you're the vision guy, right? Or girl, you're, you know, you're the growth person, you know, maybe, maybe you're looking for the new market spaces. Maybe there's one part of your business that you do so exceptionally well that you will not turn that over, right? You're, you're great. Maybe it's a, a meeting with a client you know, something like that, you know, or just a certain level of client, things like that, that you handle that kind of stuff. Because here's the reason you need to delegate or eliminate the rest. So as you look for your business, to create freedom in your business, obviously you can't do everything. That's the owner prison, right? That's what we want to get out of. We want to free ourselves from those shackles. Mm. So as we, as we learn to delegate, okay, what position now, who can do this? And believe me, at first, the do everything yourself person, like I was, thinks that no one's going to be able to, or maybe they can, but it's not going to be good enough. What I tell people 
if you get someone who can do it 90 or 95% as well as you can, that's really good. Mm. Because the customer, the homeowner, whoever else you're dealing with, is not going to know the difference, for one. And you can always continue to train them to bring them up to the 100% level. Right? So it's really important to understand the delegation aspect. Who can do this? Everything you said makes so much sense to me right now. I, I, I'm looking forward to when this gets edited to going back and listening again and taking my own notes because, you know, this is the kind of stuff that can only be taught by somebody who, who's been there and done that, which I think is so valuable. So anyhow, nonetheless, you, you speak about the importance of giving back as a powerful business building strategy. And I understand that as an ethos and agree with it. But I'm hoping that you could explain it from your perspective, like why it's important to give back at the end of the day and how it actually helps grow a business. Because, you know, there's not too many business owners I know that when you say about giving away stuff, they're like, oh, yeah, that'll increase my bottom line. But tell us a bit about that. Think about it this way. Okay, so you're in business. And what are you doing in business, right? You're serving a customer. You're providing a product or service. You're providing value right? And that's what you want to give, right? You, and I'm saying that you're giving that for profit, right? There you have an exchange. I give you this, you give me money, you know, or whatever the case, okay? That's all good. The giving back aspect, how I feel, and there's a lot of ways to do it. I'm not going to say there's a right or wrong way. Okay, I have my way, other people have their way. You, know, you can be the, the big company that says that brags to everyone, I give $50 million a year away to charities and blah, 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 and pat yourself on the back, right? I'm not that guy, okay? I'm about doing real help on a local level, okay, with people who truly need it. Now, I'm a big believer of, you know, the right hand should know what the left hand is doing when it comes to giving, right? But what I want to do is I want to set a giving program within my business. And this can include my team members, right? All the people on my on my payroll who are in my business. I actually go to them and I say, hey, I'm really looking to, to help. Do you guys have any, you know, particular charities, any any outreaches that you do that, that that might be interesting or great for us to give to? We have an opportunity to give to. So that that serves two purposes, right? First, you're involving your team, right, in the charitable aspect, okay? Because a lot of times the business employee team member relationship seems to be a a, a take. You know, the employee thinks they oh he's just the owner, he's taking all he wants to do is make money. You know, when you start to involve them, especially on this level, you should be involving them on most all levels in the business. But from a charitable aspect, they really get keyed up because a lot of people have real passions that they may be working on on the side through their church and the community, whatever the case. So bring them into it and let them let them give the suggestions, right? Go, oh, we could give to that. And sometimes it's not money, it's time. Right, that's more way more valuable than money. Maybe you guys go do an outreach. Maybe you go you go help renovate a community center. Maybe you go help someone with their house. You paint the house. Whatever little things like that, okay, you want to do. Maybe there is a monthly giving program you have that you're going to give to a certain organization that's doing real good in your community. All right. So you got that established, and here's how it this is how it pays you back. There may not be a monetary, you know, return immediately, but it's the law of reciprocation, right? You give, you tend to get, okay? The more you give, the more you'll actually get. And if you've done any amount of giving in your life, you'll know that this is true. And again, it's not always a monetary, you know, reward, but it's a referral, mm. right? Oh, I know this company. You know, you, you become, you, you get elevated in the eyes of the community where you're working, mm. right? And that, there's a lot of little webs that go off of that, 
you know, from referrals for your business, uh, being known more for your business, and not just known for your service, but for your generosity, for your contributing, for helping others, right? So there's a lot of reciprocation that comes back from that, all right? And in a lot of ways, you it's even may even be difficult to measure, but it's there, right? So for me, that's a big part of my belief system. Mm. Because if I'm just taking all the time and I take my profits and I put them in, which, you know, I I have, you know, places for my money to go, right? I build passive income. I do all that. So that's part of my plan. But if I don't have that charitable aspect, that giving back, that helping aspect, I'm still just a taker. So I, I really want to, I want to kind of balance the scale to a point uh, where I'm able to do that. Two of the values of the nice leader is uh, generosity and service driven. So you're preaching to the choir here, quite literally, because I'm I'm going to become a member in, in the Church of Richard for sure. So if you're a listener of this podcast, you want more of this because he is definitely speaking your language. You, you might be thinking, well, I'm not a tradesperson. No, you need to check out more of Richard's stuff. So Richard, tell us where we can go to get more. Is there a course, a book? Where do they find it? Tell us all that information. Yeah. So of course I've got Escape the Owner Prison, the book, right? The contract's a new way to scale, regain control, and fast track growth while living life. Again, you don't have these are business principles. Okay. So it's regardless if you're a trades guy, a service guy, whatever your business is, it's going to work for you. Uh escapetheownerprison.com. You can pretty much get everything. My you know ETOP podcast, uh I have webinars, I've got free ebooks, I've got all kinds of different training and stuff for you there. So uh, I, again, love helping businesses. It's what I do. I love startups. We work a lot with that too. So uh, escapetheownerprison.com is probably your best avenue to go. For sure. We will put that in the show notes uh, as well. Richard, thanks so much for coming on. I got to thank a few people that make this happen. I mentioned already, Naomi's our executive assistant. She helps create the questions and make, make sure I know what I'm talking about. Cindy Craig books and coordinates and schedules everything. Jamie is the content manager. If, you, if you're if you listening to this, if you discovered us, it's thanks to Jamie. He writes the blog post, gets the podcast uploaded to the platforms, make sure it's distributed. Austin Pomeroy is our audio editor, so he made this sound great. You probably heard notifications going off behind me on my computer. That's because Carrie, our account manager, she's doing work while I get to sit here and chat with leaders uh, from around the world. So thank you, Carrie. Richard, though, dude, uh, this would be a very boring podcast if it was just me. So thanks for taking time today. And uh, man, if there's anything we can ever do for you, please let us know. Well, I love it, Matthew. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you just giving me a little bit of time to share the message. All right, well, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.